Wonderful. It is great to see you all this evening. For those of you who don't know, my name's Jono. I'm on team here at Life Church, and I get the privilege of launching us into a new series tonight called Our Story. From the start of the year, we've been looking at a couple of so- uh, series similar to this. We started off with My Story, and we got to hear a little bit. Uh, we got to hear from some individuals and the things that God had been doing in their life to get to them, get them where they are now. And then over the Easter season, we looked at his story, specifically Jesus, and looking at what he did, why he came, and why that was significant. And then tonight, we're going to look at our story, our story on a corporate level, as a, a, us as a church, as life church. But when you're looking at our story or any story, I think there's two key aspects that you need to look at. You need to look at where you've been, and you also need to look at where you're going. You need to look at where you've been and where you're going, because where you've been often has pointers for where you're going, or in a better sense, it should give you the faith to push you forward into where you're going. And if you've been around um, at the start of this year, especially in our life at 10 services, Carl has been speaking on three characteristics that he felt God wanted us to press into this year, and they were bigness, unity, and more. And when we think about these three ideas in the context of our story, they are qualities that have defined us in the past, but they are also qualities that are going to push us into where we're going. They're going to push our story further. They are who we have been, they are who we are, and they are who we're going to continue to be. And I want to focus on just one of those characteristics tonight, and that is bigness. Because you see, your story reflects who you are, just as our story reflects who we are. And there's a bigness that is reflected in our story. But we can't look at our story without looking at John 15, 16. And Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. That is a big vision. That is a big promise. And for those of you who don't know, that was the verse that Paul and Jill were sent out with when they came to plant this church 30 years ago. That was the the vision and the promise that they stepped out with. And I could argue tonight that that verse is the start of our story. That verse is the start of our story. When God says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. That is the start of our story. That is the start of my story. And that's the start of any story that's worth telling. When God says, you did not choose me, I chose you and I appointed you. And with a big vision like that, a big task, when God sets a a task like that before you, there also comes a big promise. When God says, whatever you ask for in my name, I will give you. That is a big promise. When God chooses us, we didn't choose him, but when he chooses us to act out a task, to go and to bear fruit, then it's up to him to provide us with everything we need in order to see that task through. When he's chosen us, he's appointed us, then it's on him to make sure we have everything we need. And he has. He says, whatever you ask for in my name, the Father will give you. The big task I've set before you, the vision I have given you, I have also given you everything you need to see it through. And so when we talk about bigness and our story, we have been founded and planted on a big vision and a big promise. 
and big leaders who had the courage to step out on that promise. And we honor them by continuing to be big. And in fact, we truly honor them by striving to be even bigger than we have been before. And honor is something that often we don't do very well at in New Zealand. Tall poppy syndrome is pretty rampant in our culture, but we have to because it emulates and it echoes the bigness that we've been planted on. And young adults, I don't know about you, but I cannot even begin to imagine the sacrifice of the generation before us that allowed our story to get to where it is today. It is because of their bigness that we are who we are today and where we are today. You know, the the salaries that have been paid for, the missions trips that have been empowered, the training and the equipping of leaders, the the weekly serving and the pack-ups and pack-downs, the community events that have been run, not to mention the building that we sit in tonight. All of this was made possible because of the bigness of the generation that went before us. And so when I look back and I see that, I see that, and that should stir me to also have that same big spirit. That inspires me to carry that same bigness. Because of that, I want to be a big giver. Not out of compulsion, but because I look at where the bigness of the previous generation got us to now, and that gets me excited for what God is going to do in the future. It gets me excited for what God was going to do. If he was able to do that, then imagine what he's able to do when the next generation, when our generation also carries that same bigness when it comes to serving and to generosity, to carry that same spirit. We know that God has more for us because the foundation has already been laid by the previous generation. The platform has already been set. And so we honor them by striving to carry that bigness as we go forward and to strive to be even bigger than before. So can I ask you, what are you going to do to make yourself a part of our story? What are you going to do to make yourself a part of our story? There's a saying which I love, and it says that it's more important for your roots to go deep before they go wide. It's important that your roots go deep before they go wide. See, it can be really easy to have wide roots, Wide roots. And wide roots are only in the the shallow end of the soil, you know. So you can have wide roots going out to your friends groups and your families and your workplace and your studies and the events you go to. And all of those are amazing things and they add a, a richness to your life which you need. But if that's all you have, then when a storm comes, when the winds come, when bad times roll on, when things get stressful, if that's all you have, then the tree is gonna fall down. It's going to fall over. But if you dig your roots deep as well, when you get involved, when you serve, when you help make Sundays happen, when you give, when you get invested in the church, when you read your Bible, when you pray, when you spend time with God, then what you're doing, you're digging your roots deeper as well. And that way, when the storm does come, when the bad things do come along, that's okay because you've dug your roots deep. And when you dig your roots deep, then there's a strength and a stability. There's a bigness that comes with that, a tree with deep roots is very difficult to pull down. But bigness is not just limited to to serving and to giving and other things we do. It's actually a culture that we can carry. It's It's a vision that we can carry. There's a sign on the door as you walk through into the foyer here in Levita that says, yes, 
you belong. Yes, you belong. And that comes from the, the desire that we want to be a church that regardless of where someone's at, that regardless of what they've done, that as they come and they encounter this church, that they would find a place where they can truly belong. But the thing is, is that the church is not the building, the church is you. And so remember, it's not just when they walk through the doors of Levita, it's when they come in contact with you as the church, that they would be able to find a place where they can feel loved and accepted, where they can belong, as we as the church carry that, and that requires a bigness. Yes, you belong requires a big heart and a big spirit. When was the last time we came to church with the intention of making someone else feel comfortable? or someone else feel welcome, or someone else feel like they can belong? When was the last time you came to church with the intention of meeting someone new? And rather than just walking through the auditorium doors and going, and, you know, going from A to B and sitting in the seat you normally sit in, what if you were to go and, and stop and before you get to your area, you, you pan around and you go, oh, I'll, I'll, just, I'll see if there's anyone I don't recognize today and then you see someone sitting over there in the in in the fifth row and you go actually I, I don't recognize them at all maybe this is their first time here and so you go over and you sit next to them and you start having a conversation with them you get to know them your friends arrive you're able to bring them over introduce them to a friend group and then that person you because of your bigness you're now helping that person find a place where they can belong because of your bigness you're now integrating that person as part of our story don't just leave it to the welcoming team and don't get me wrong, I, I love the welcoming team, but the thing is, we are the church. You are the church. You are the welcoming team. And we need the welcoming team. We have to have them. They're amazing. But the thing is, they're wearing a t-shirt. And they need to wear a t-shirt because it makes them accessible and it makes them identifiable. But there's always going to be that thought that runs through someone's mind when they get welcomed by a t-shirt. There's always going to be that niggling thought that says, you're just doing this because you have to. You're just doing this because you're on a roster. This is your job this morning to make me feel welcome. You don't really mean it. But then when they walk past the foyer and they get into the auditorium and they sit down and a whole group of people come around them and meet them and show them that same love, that same bigness and that same belonging that they encountered out there, then they can start to realize, no, that's just not something that person had to do. This is who these people are. There is a bigness about these people. Maybe this is a church where I can truly belong. And that's what we want our story to be going forward, that many people would find a place where they can belong and then hopefully go on to believe. We want to see this place, this service, packed out with people who are getting integrated into our story and giving them the opportunity to hear about the bigness of our God. But all of this is made possible because the people in this church have a bigness about them that goes beyond themselves. But ultimately, bigness starts with God. You did not choose me, but I chose you. He is a big God, and our bigness can only come from a relationship and a proximity to him. It comes from a desire to be more and more like Jesus. It's who we are through him. On our own, on my own, I'm not that big. On our own, we're not that big. Our story would not be a big story if it wasn't for God. It's only because of him that we can be big. And that's actually an encouragement because it takes the pressure off of us. It means that we can rely on him 
for our bigness, and it's only in his strength that we can truly carry that. And when you have that in your life, when you have that proximity to God in your life, then that is going to overflow into every other sphere that you're involved in, from your family, your relationships, your workplace, your studies, your friendships. When you rely on God for your bigness, then you'll notice there's a grace in it and there's an ease to do those things that would probably normally be taxing. Bigness is exercising the faith that God has more for your life. And if you're here tonight and you're feeling lacking in it, if you don't feel like you do carry that, that big spirit, then ask for it. Whatever you ask for in my name, the Father will give you. Ask God to increase your capacity. Ask God to show you those areas where you can carry that. Ask God for his presence and for his bigness. Bigness is a part of our story. We were planted on it and through it. And we honor the bigness of God and the bigness of the generation that came before us when, by, when we strive to keep that same big spirit in us today. In fact, we strive to be bigger than we have been before. It's who we are. Bigness is also what we do. We serve, we give, we get involved, we, we help out, we invest ourselves in this place, we dig our roots deep, we allow other people to belong in our lives. And as we unite around doing that, we know that there is more for us, both individually and as a church. And that going forward, our story will be continued continue to be marked by the bigness of our people. And so just as we close, that verse John 15, 16 is going to come up on the screen behind me. And it's just a chance for you to, to ponder over that and just have a chance to reflect on what that means for you and for us in our story. Awesome. There's so much within it to, to contemplate, to think about, um, and thanks, Jono, for that. It was a great message. Um, so much to, to go away and think about how we can partner with, with who we are as a church and what we can do. Um, let me introduce to you the panel. For those of you who haven't been here before, this is our Life Talk panel. And on the end, we have Paul. And Paul and his wife, Jill, uh, founded our church 30 years ago. 30 years ago? Wow. Uh, then we have Carl. And Carl and his wife, Angela, um, transitioned to become our senior leaders uh, February last year, and then we have Jono, who shared with us, and me, I'm Jeremiah. Uh, cool, so I want to start off uh, with, with this verse, um, and direct it to, down to you, Paul. Hello. Um, I'm here, yes. What, what was the, the vision or the call mm. that you planted our church on? You, you had this verse was it just a verse that someone gave you and said, right now, go plant a church on it? Or how did you, how did you get the calling to come out and plant this church? How long, how long have you got? Yeah. <laughs> the floor is yours. I'll just, I'll just go back to what I heard you saying before, that we, the generations are for us, right? We're here because of them. I go back to the fact, the sacrifice that Samuel Marsden made for us. And then I have to go back to more recent history, Peter Morrow, who came from Australia, and the sacrifice he made, because out of him, um, we're really here. And he came uh, early 60s, I think, when God was doing great things in New Zealand, and uh, churches were being planted all around the place. So there was a, a big church in Christchurch here. I became part of the staff of that. And um, 
we had night outreaches, and there's one here in this part of town, I think, in those days, it was in Westburn School, right? Some of you were there. And I went to take over with something that someone had already started in the evening. So it was out of someone else's, you know, larger vision before. And so Peter one day challenged the staff, of those of us that were on staff that were taking outreaches, he felt that God had said to him, it's time for some of these churches to become local congregations. And he asked us to pray about it and think about it. And I was the only one out of the group that uh, felt that God said yes for us. So and that was the verse that when I was praying, one of the verses, there were more than that, but that was the one main one that God gave to me to say, yeah, but it's the right thing, the right time, the right place for you guys to go and do that. So uh, we planted out of that. So it wasn't just out of a vacuum that I came up with a great idea. It was another man's vision originally that I was able to sort of come in on and be blessed by. But we went out, and uh, I think there were 79 of us, including about 73 children out of that lot, so, <laughs> and three adults, yeah, um, way back, you know, as you said, 30 years ago. So, yeah, and that was, that was a verse that sort of started us and kept us going. Wow, and so, so you moved out this side of town, and you moved straight into Levita. Yeah. Uh, and all the ministries that we are, we, awesome. we, went, we went straight on from there. We don't have time tonight but to tell of the, of the story of the building, but part of the, the building here it was, was the heart of it, to be community-focused and outward-reaching. As a congregation, there was a bigness about people to make room for people. Um, how did you create a, a facility that, that reflected that and that echoed that for people? Okay. You know, we were 19 years wandering around from venue to venue, which was a long time. And uh, I think we understood something that also, John, you did say tonight, we are the church, not the building. And so wherever we went, we were the church. And we went from place to place. Uh, church gathered on Sunday, church scattered on Monday. So wherever we go, we're the church. The building's a place to house when the church comes together. So we couldn't find a venue for years and years. We prayed, we Saved some money, did all sorts of stuff. What was the question again? If we, oh, I, I can't really tell you how we found the building. That's not what you asked me, was it? We built the building, sure. Um, when this property finally came along, that was also just a moment of time. After praying for so long, nothing happening. And when this bit of land came up, it was an incredible provision. So our heart was, you know, and I think bigness, as you said, is not about us. We're only big when we think about others. And uh, God thought about us. Jesus thought about others, and it's all about everybody else. So I think because we realize, you know, we've got to make an impact on people's lives, um, make a difference in community, make a difference in our city. It's not only by meeting on Sunday. It's getting out there and doing what we have to do. And I think we understood that. I mean, I, I think, too, you know, it's not big because you start a church. It's big when you do what God's asked you to do. And I think we, we're connected with a great big God. So if I am a house... I'm stuck at home with you know four kids. I'm a mother who's doing her best. I'm big because I am doing what God's called me to do, and or I'm you know I'm a teacher because God's asked me to be a teacher. I'm big in that role, and I think we're big wherever we are because we're obeying God, and we're connected with the bigness of God. So, you know, our heart was to reach people. I think when we came here, it was like we finally got a a place to be able to do stuff we couldn't do before, and it's for the community. It's for those that don't yet know Jesus and those that did once know him. And this, this is just a, an avenue for that. It's just a vehicle, you know, and it's not an end in itself. By coming here, uh, how many years ago? When did, we, when did the building open? 19, uh, 2006? It's 11, it's 11 years ago, isn't it? 2005, actually. It's 12 years this year. I don't know. 
Paul Cargill was away. He knows all the dates. 2006, it's 11 years. And, um, you know, it's like as if we, we found then lots of stuff we could do we couldn't do before. Not because it's a building, but because we could get out there and amongst the people and have somewhere to bring them to and start programs and help kids after school and all that stuff, yeah. you know. So, uh, sorry, I was going to say, how did, you, how did you keep the bigness going? Like, once you had the building, you're like, sweet, we're done. You know, but how did you, how did you keep that, that spirit of bigness in, in yourself, I suppose, and in the team once that had been finished? Like, it would have been, surely it would have been really easy to yeah. go, oh, cool, we're, well, we're done now. We don't have to keep being big because we've got a big building now. That can do it for us. <laughs> yeah. Of course, we all know that everybody would arrive in a building, right? You know, it's, it's here. The whole of Christchurch will come and fill this building because we built it. Yeah, it's not true at all, is it? I think... Um, what was the question again? How do we carry that? Sorry, I, I, had, I went off in five different directions when you asked me that question. Um, I think, again, it's because we realize that it is up to us to make a difference in people's lives. The building does nothing. The building is a building. And, um, but we have to go out and continue to see that people need to be reached by the love of God in our hearts and by us being kind to them and helping them and doing all the stuff that God's called us to do. Uh, and, and keeping on seeing that you know, there's never an end and I was scared the building would be an end. People would settle down and start to think, we're home. Isn't this wonderful? We can relax now. I was always scared of that. Still am. You know, It's a terrifying thought to think that we've got nice, comfortable seats, nice and warm. We've got a lovely building. Let's just sit and enjoy it till Jesus comes again. You know, I think that would always be a pastor's greatest fear. And we have to keep saying, no, no, it's to get out. We get out there. We've got to do the stuff. We've got to touch people's lives, our neighbors people we live amongst, work amongst, all that stuff. And that keeps us connected with the bigness of God, I think. That, that's great. Can I jump in? Because I was yeah, on, you haven't asked him anything, anything yet. I know, I look, I look great. But he I talks more than I do. But he talks more than I do sometimes, so I'm glad you asked me first. That's but what, what Paul just said is actually what God did with Israel. In, in Deuteronomy, you see when they're going into the promised land, he's worried that they, when you plant and when you settle down, don't forget. Don't forget about what God's done for you. Don't forget where you've come from. Don't forget about my provision. Don't, and it, and, but because the tendency for us is to settle down if we're not careful and we're not aware of it. Um, and just picking up on some of the other things, Paul, because I'm enjoying just listening to the story again. Just as well. But, um, but I'm part of the story. So um, the whole thing of bigness and, and how do you keep bigness going, we've always had in this church the sense of everybody does their part, even the small parts, and you do them well. Because you don't just go from being small to big. You're just not instantly big one day. Bigness comes with growth, but it's bigness happens in our church is big because lots of people do their small part and do it to the best of their ability. That makes us a bigger church. It's not big because one person's big. It's big because everybody contributes in some sense. That's where the bigness comes from, and it's true in our own personal lives too. I'm on a journey of bigness. I'm not not a big person because I decide to be big. It's a a growth thing. And can I add that uh, bigness has nothing to do with how many people come to a church or don't? Because churches of 20 or 30 are huge churches in heart because they are touching many people and doing what God's called them to do. And that's the prime thing, isn't it? Nothing to do with how many people come. It's a different calling or a different outworking. Yeah, because if you, if you just want a big church, then probably you're going to just have an attractional model. True. But actually you can, be, you can have a small number of people and have a big, what Paul's saying, a big kingdom imprint. You could be reaching into the nations far more than a church of 10,000. Uh, and so the, I agree the bigness is not about numbers at all. So if we, bring, if we bring it right back down to, to someone coming on a Sunday, is there then, the, the, we talk about this bigness of people within our church. If they come in and they, 
I, I don't see quite how they can miss it. But there's also, uh, you come in and you need to do something as well, opposed to just, just sitting back and waiting for, for people to come and meet you. There's, a, there's an onus on you to make those connections as well. Yes, people will come and, will come and meet you, but do people need to do something as well? Is, is there a, a need for someone when they come in to just expect to be welcomed in, or, or do they need to, to actively engage with things? I, I, it's just my thoughts, but I, I think that, that comes later. The active engagement possibly comes later. I, I don't, you don't invite someone to your house and not mm. talk to them and yeah. not welcome them and not make them feel as comfortable, as relaxed, this is my own home, mm. as you can in order to then engage in conversation. Yeah. Otherwise, it's kind of a cold beginning. It's a weird beginning. We don't treat people that way. So I think the way we welcome people and engage with them when they come is on us to invite them in and make them feel welcome. And then over time, then there needs to be a shift of their engagement level. Um, Otherwise, they can come a visitor and remain a visitor for a long time. You wouldn't believe, but we've actually... Zip straight through the time, but thank you so much, Paul. Sorry about that. No, okay. no, it's great to. I'm glad I jumped in now. <laughs> actually, Jono, Jono hasn't said anything. I asked the questions. So I've already had 15 minutes, so that's fine. No, no, it was. It's great to hear our story because we can often, just like Jono was saying, we can forget what's what's been before. But to hear of the the faithfulness and the the consistency of of people seeking God and pushing forward the sacrifice of generations beforehand and and hearing our story as a church is so encouraging and inspiring, like John said, to to strive to do do more. Um, So thanks, John. I'm going to hand it back over to you. Why don't you stand and we're going to go into another song, but I'd just love to pray for you as we do that. Father, we thank you that you're our big God. We thank you that because of your bigness, we can also be big-spirited. So, Lord, I ask that as we go about our weeks, Father, you would continue to, to give us that energy and that determination and that drive to carry your bigness into our worlds, whether it's in our workplaces or in our families or in our schools. Help us to be big to the people around us whether it's someone needs an encouraging word or someone needs a meal brought to them or simply just a a, a chat over coffee, show us the areas that we can extend that belonging and that love to the people in our world. And we thank you for our story, both where we've been, but also where we're going. We know that you've got more for us, Lord, and we thank you for the things you're going to do in your mighty name. Amen.